0: From Practically Culture, the guys who brought you Logan's mini TV reviews. I'm your host, Logan Bo, podcasting from Brooklyn. And Bob's mini movie reviews. I'm joined by the one, the only, Bob Caswell in the Bay Area. How are you, Bob? I'm great. How are you? Introducing a new mini podcast. Oh, hanging out. You know me. Nice. Practically Culture Masters of Sex. A new mini-podcast devoted to recapping every episode of Masters of Sex Season 1. All right, let's uh, get to Masters of Sex, Bob. Yeah.
1: Oof.
0: So, um... Oh, that sounds like a very ominous reaction. Well, uh,
1: saving saving the heaviness and the seriousness for last.
0: <laughs> oh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have a song and dance routine at the, at the end of this.
1: Yeah, just pick it up a, a notch. This was a very... <laughs> sad and heavy. No, I it was good. It was solid. Anyway, you you go ahead and start with how you're yeah, well, going to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I like that uh I like that it's heavy on the one hand, but they're really getting the flavor, catching the, the the spirit of of giving us some some dynamics, something to switch it up. So I like the the moments in the 50s that were different from today. Pussy whiskers they couldn't stop saying, for example. <laughs> um And Bill's treating a religious couple. They don't even know how to have sex. They're just like, we lie together just like it says in the Bible. And uh, I love little amusing 50 snippets like that to break up the... uh,
1: Oh, yeah. It's great, actually. I want to say from the get-go as well that I've said this before, but I I think I'm ready to just throw this away. This is supposedly (laughs) based on real events. And I think I'm just going to function better if I assume that's not the case anymore. Because I think it's just a great show and a great story irrespective independent of what events that are true it may be based upon because i feel like that's totally irrelevant now and i just want to get that off my chest i i don't care anymore about that
0: (laughs) good good uh just give into it give into it yeah um so bill and libby attend the provost's pearl anniversary where he tells a story of losing his hat and meeting his wife and uh, it's interesting because Vivian's there and her mom tells her, you have to make men love you. So she gets very forward with Ethan. Now, it's it's sort of hard to talk about these because they all interweave. And so where you start, then you have to give background. And here, the background is that uh, Vivian goes on a date with Ethan because the provost comes and backslaps him and glad hands him and says, Vivian's a special girl. You know, take good care of her. So they go get an egg cream. Nothing more wholesome than that. <laughs> But then she starts talking about how she wants a casual relationship, and so they have sex. But it turns out she's a virgin. Uh, Ethan gets weirded out. Um, but yeah, that's when Vivian's mom tells her at the at the anniversary, "You got to make men love you." So now she gets very forward. But it's slightly weird because earlier she talked about wanting to have that casual relationship.
1: Yeah, I think I, she, I think it was also indicative of the fifties, like. What, what else, what was she thinking? She was thinking on her feet on the, with the casual relationship remark and, and she was being herself. But then as reality started to to sink in, it was like, wait, what, how would that even work? What, what, are, what are my prospects? What am I doing? What are my, what's my role in society? And then she just sort of reverted back to like, oh, la, 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 this is what pretty little princesses do and I'll listen to my mom. And I, I mean... Maybe in some ways it was a little heavy-handed, but I, I don't think so. I thought that they did a really good job of showing the two sides of her personality and, and how she sort of gave in to the, to the one over the other in the end.
0: Yeah, and I also appreciated from the other end Ethan, who was sort of lukewarm about the whole idea, but it became pretty clear that this would be very good for his career. And uh, at, in the 50s, that was the type of thing you thought of perhaps more than one does today.
1: Right, and it also speaks to the fact that even though two attractive young people that are seemingly perfect for each other can make a great couple, uh, there's there's an undertone throughout the whole episode that there's a spark, there's an attraction, there's something that draws people together. And um, it seems like Ethan and Vivian maybe don't have it in the same way that uh, they could have it with other people. There isn't necessarily the one perfect – they're not – Necessarily the one perfect person for each other. And I liked that undertone because you want them to be successful together, but you know that they're not going to be as successful as they could if they could actually have their way and just go for love and sex independently of all these other factors.
0: Yeah, I really like that you made that connection there because, you know, as far as the study storyline, they do their 200th self stimulation observation. Feel like I have it down, want to move back to couples. Um, But that's where they have this big disagreement. Jenny thinks attraction plays a role, and Bill thinks it's unquantifiable and therefore irrelevant. Um, It's interesting because on the one hand we have Ethan and Vivian, and it turns out that spark of attraction does seem to be what's missing, and that's what's keeping them from going forward. On the other hand, they may continue to go forward. But um, it's also interesting how that plays out because the couple that they get with Dr. Langham, you know, first of all they bring in another woman and that chemistry is just not there and uh doesn't work. He uh he's less enthusiastic. He wanted Jane and he can't get it up. But so they bring back Jane and all of a sudden everything works fine, but only at first and then no again. So it's interesting how I thought Jenny was going to be proven right because I sort of wanted her to be proven right, but then she wasn't necessarily proven right.
1: Right. They just discovered something about this guy's midlife sexual problem or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting way to do that, but you're right. The payoff was with Ian, Ethan and Vivian, perhaps.
1: Yeah. And i got to say, I'm really liking this show a lot. Like, I think the show has, and maybe this is too early to say this i should save it for the wrap-up or something but i'll just say it here <laughs> <laughs> this show has huge potential to be like one of the best shows of the current you know shows for this year and for this decade even like i i'm starting to see this be an amazing show as it's coming together it's, it's too early to say definitively but i'm enjoying it a lot more than perhaps i thought i would after just the first one or two episodes
0: yeah it really it really sort of turned up you know, turned up the quality this time and, and stayed on the track of perhaps being a really great show. We haven't even talked about uh, Bill's storyline and this was, you know, for Michael Sheen, one of those episodes you might submit for your Emmy nomination because of, of all the different things he had to had to portray. But Yeah. Um, at that anniversary, Libby starts bleeding. Um, you know, they go to the emergency room, I guess to the hospital, and Bill can't find the heartbeat and he you know, he starts yelling at Ethan, who barks back that Bill just feels guilty he's not Libby's doctor. But in any case, it turns out it's a miscarriage. Libby wants the procedure right away. And, okay, fine, Ethan's going to do it. Like, no, 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 we didn't make the baby together, but at least we can end the pregnancy together. So Bill ends up doing it. Um, and then it kept, one of the interesting things was, was the fallout with Bill and his mom. Bill's mom comes and says the regular mom comforting things, oh, you'll have another, things will be fine. But this somehow pisses Bill off. Because it reminds him of when she ignored or minimized his rough childhood, um, and he's so affected by it that Bill just decrees, decides, tells um, tells Libby that you know we got to stop trying for children because I can't see you go through this again. And then of course he cries in his office after he makes Judy close his eyes. Think about Bill Bob as Bill's kind of a dick, but did this episode episode humanize him a bit more for you or not?
1: Absolutely, I. I understood Bill a lot more after this episode because I have called Bill a dick before, maybe more than <laughs> once even. And I still think he is in some ways. But, you know, he's he's kind of got the the pass in this episode, especially the, the 50s vibe or, or backdrop as uh, part of the issue. But then he's just got a lot going on um, and he's trying to digest all these things that are happening to him at the same time. Um, and his relationship with his wife is also complicated because he loves her, but almost like on a platonic level or like they're not necessarily sexually attracted to each other, which is another subtle or maybe not so subtle theme that those two concepts of sex and love aren't always as connected as society would have you assume they are. And we see that time and time again with all these different character interactions. And, um, I can see how that's, that's a really hard thing to deal with. And I think that's, um, that's also part of reality. And, uh, I can understand why he treats different people, different ways. Um, and wow, the, the scene where he has to deal with the miscarriage and the way with Libby, he would talk to her like he was her doctor. And then she's like, talk to me for real. Don't be like my doctor. And then he finally had to say, or, you know, let it out that that there's no hope really in terms of this baby surviving. Um, and it, it was just scene after scene here. It all came together really well for me. It was really well done, and I was moved by it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, didn't deny that Bill's a dick, but it, it helped you get a little bit more of the backstory. Um, right. So, the one other sort of mini storyline was Ginny. You know, in her life, her son Henry's cranky, complains that Ginny works all the time, wants to go live with his dad. Yeah. Um, you know, Ginny ends up having to stay at the hospital after she promised they'd go to the Ferris wheel and eat all the cherry pie they could. Um, and he runs away, but, but Ethan of all people finds him and, uh, you know, he talks up his mom, you know, your mom's pretty cool. She's not so bad and actually does some, some, uh, good stuff for Ginny and even threatens or not threatens, but offers to, uh, to go throw the ball around with him and hang out with, uh, with Henry. And uh, it's only kind of okay because he's seeing Vivian, even though his heart's not in it. And um, anyway, that, that that was the other storyline. It's really hard for Ginny. Ethan's trying to, as Ginny puts it, uh, make his bid for sainthood this this episode.
1: <laughs> I actually really, really liked this story as much as the other ones because I had all but written Ethan off a few episodes ago because the show does this very sneaky thing, but in a good way, in my opinion, where, you know, he physically assaults Ginny early on and doesn't get his way and can't understand why she is this sexual being that, that he can't get a handle on. He really wants to be with her and then he takes it out on her physically. And you know, there's kind of a visceral reaction that you have as somebody in the 21st century who sees a scene like that. And you just like write off the character like, oh, okay, this is the the guy that the Ginny has to deal with for the rest of the season as the complete douchebag that, you know, is stereotypical from any other show that would show somebody beating up on a woman. But no, now like we're resonating and, and feeling bad for him and, and understanding the complexities underlying who, who he is. I mean, it's not excusable what he did, but he's a viable... Uh, character that we're still interested in, and I was just enthralled by that. I really thought that they did a, a great job spinning it around and showing how um, you can't just take one thing that somebody does that's bad and then just write them off entirely.
0: Yeah, so you almost see this as uh, as an Ethan storyline, practically, and it I do, can yeah. certainly can certainly be that. I mean, I I think I was probably a little bit more moved by Ginny's perspective on it because you just see. It's important for her to work a lot, and you know she has her day job, and they s- do their study in the evening. And uh, she really tries to be there for her kids, but it's really hard to to do both. They're really conflicting. Um, the idea of having it all hadn't even been invented yet, let alone people <laughs> deciding whether they could end up having it all. Yeah, That's she all was, I really felt for Ginny.
1: Yeah, she was quite the pioneer, and I and I uh, I agree with you. I don't think those two interpretations or, or focus areas of that scene are, are mutually exclusive. Oh, sure. Um, just that the Ethan one maybe stuck out uh, for me a little bit more. But but absolutely, like this this episode was fantastic. Like it was probably my favorite one so far, but I've liked a lot of the other ones quite a bit too. But it's just the show is getting better and better for me. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's, um, you know, here I am enjoying the heavy drama parts of the show in a way that... Uh, <laughs> I could make fun of myself for in some other life or something, but I really like it.
0: Yeah, I feel like the the stakes and the tension have really changed. Instead of um, just will the study go on? Will it be in the whorehouse? That's what we have to care about. Like, no, this is people who maybe got married who shouldn't have gotten married or people who are trying to figure out the difference between love and sex, which you know, it's not exactly a bomb going off in California or blowing up the CIA (laughs) building, but it's stuff that we intrinsically care about as human beings—about love and sex and things like that. So it's really drawing me in a lot more now that it's about that more.
1: Yeah, and it's also not—it doesn't have the first-world problem of other movies or TV shows. Um, <coughs> excuse me. In the sense that um, you really get the sense that everyone is sort of trapped in the in the path that they're on, which is very much the way it was in the '50s, and even today, there's a lot of this. But these aren't well-to-do. Some of them may might be well-to-do, well-off people, but um, even the provost has his own backstory and is a bit trapped. Everyone's trapped in some way, and so I really like that aspect of it. Like it's you can't always get what you want.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of Mad Men in, in that, and um, and you also brought up how the comparison to today. Just to echo that, that it is really interesting to see how people were trapped by their cultural settings in the past, and it's sort of presumptuous to think that we're completely free from our, our cultural constraints today. And so it shines that mirror up or holds that mirror up. And I think that's another, another solid point of the show. Yeah. So did we get your final word on this before we wrap up this recap?
1: Oh, I think so. I I love the show. I'm really enjoying this. This is the best TV I've seen in a while. So this is my, uh, I want to say guilty pleasure, but that doesn't quite fit. Um, It's just a solid show. I, I, I would recommend it for anyone who isn't uh, concerned or squeamish, maybe about sex and, and nudity. But standard disclaimers aside, it's excellent TV.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's showing all the signs that I want to see, all the, the milestones as far as improving in the right ways for me to think of this as as uh, you know a contender for high on my best TV of the year list. Uh, and in fact, come to think of it, on the power rankings, which we'll do on our regular show. Um, not not this one probably not our recap but on our power rankings we'll probably do in in a week or two um this is going to make a strong contender for for number one show that's currently
1: out there yeah i agree
0: listen to us on itunes or practicallyculture.com. also find us on facebook a mini podcast from practically culture practically culture masters of sex